Welcome to the Zion Church Podcast. We are a church that is passionate about bringing heaven to earth by following Jesus, who demonstrated perfect Christianity. We hope you are blessed by this teaching from Josh Wood. So Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your love. And we thank you that we can gather today in freedom and in peace to celebrate you, Jesus, the reason for the season. And Lord, I just commit myself to you as we look into your word today. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to me and speak through me, Father. And I pray, Lord God, that um, our hearts would be open to receive your word today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Um, If you have your Bibles with you, would you turn with me right now to Matthew chapter 1? And we're going to read a little portion. We're going to talk about it today. Should I just forget jokes and not do jokes again? (laughs) Thanks, Sarah. Very encouraging. It It took more faith and boldness for me to, like, share Christmas jokes than it did to share this sermon with you right now. Okay, so Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through to 23. It says this, uh, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of, is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, And he called his name Jesus. Jesus. You know, it's amazing when we read this little account here about the the conception, the birth of Jesus, and really Joseph's dream and encounter when the angel spoke to him. You know, reading through this again lately, what really stood out to me was something that I, I probably hadn't really noticed before. But in this passage, it actually gives us two names for the Lord. Did you notice that? What were the two names? The first name was the name Jesus. And then what was the second name? It says, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Doesn't that seem a little odd? Why two names? And that's what we're going to have a look at right now. I want to look at the first name there, Jesus. So for those of us who don't know, Jesus is actually a Greek name. Jesus is the Greek version of the Hebrew name Yeshua. And the name Yeshua literally means the Lord saves, or it can also be translated as the Lord is salvation, or the Lord is my salvation. So the New Testament was written in Greek, and Greek in those days is 
probably the modern day equivalent of what English is today. So it was the most commonly spoke language at, at the time of, of Jesus' arrival and Jesus being on planet Earth. Obviously, at the time, the Roman Empire was the largest empire in the world, but before the Roman Empire, it was the Greek Empire under Alexander the Great. And actually, the Greek language was really the trade language for all the nations around the Mediterranean and uh, in Europe and, and North Africa and in, in the Middle East. So what would happen would be is that if two um, two merchants came together and they wanted to trade, maybe one was from Persia and one was from Spain, their common language, the way that they would communicate would be through Greek, through the Greek language. And that's why Greek was chosen as the language for the New Testament. It wasn't written in, you know, there was versions that were written in Aramaic, but widely the New Testament was, uh, was written and distributed in Greek. And there's, there's an interesting thing uh, that I want you to see about that. If you can turn with me right now to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read a few verses in Luke 2, verses 8 through to 14. Luke 2, verse 8, starting in verse 8, it says this, um, Now there were, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. Sounds pretty amazing, hey? And they were greatly afraid. It's an interesting response, hey? I think we'd be pretty freaked out too. These days we might call it UFOs, but back then they knew what it was. But then the angel spoke to them and said, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to who? To all people. Who are the angels speaking to? Shepherds. What nationality were these shepherds? They were Jewish people. They were Hebrews. What language did they speak then? Hebrew. But the angels said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I don't know if you've noticed the babe up the front. <laughs> don't, you don't want to look at the baby, Nathan's saying. This is actually my mum's my doll from when she was a little girl, so... It's baby Jesus today. But the angel said, You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So a manger is an animal trough. And suddenly there was, an, uh, there was with the angel, so there was one angel talking to them. It says, With that one angel, all of a sudden a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Who knows that angels don't speak on their own accord. Angel, the word angel actually means messenger. Angels come as messengers from God to the earth, to mankind. So when we, hear, when we read in scriptures angels speaking, angels are only repeating the message that they've heard from God. The audience of the gospel wasn't just to the Jewish people, but to all 
people. Jesus' name to the Hebrews was Yeshua, but his name to all people is Jesus. The name Jesus. He came to save every one of us and you and me as well. He came to save us from the curse of sin and death and the work of sin in our lives and in mankind. The symptoms of sin from suffering, sickness, disease, demonic oppression in our spirit and our soul and our body. This is the good tidings. That good tidings that the angel is speaking about is what we would refer to as the gospel. The gospel is actually an old English word that's actually uh, said God's spell. And it means good tidings, glad tidings. This glad tidings is really the what. This is the name of Jesus when the, the, the two names that Joseph was given. He shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sin. So that very first name out of those two names that we looked at in Matthew, that first name, Jesus or Yeshua, explains the what. This is what Jesus has come to do to save mankind from the curse of sin and death. In Jesus' own words in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus puts it this way. He says, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. This is the message that we've been preaching for the last 2,000 years since the Lord Jesus came in the flesh, since he was born in that manger until the day he died. And then from that time, this is the message that has been preached, that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, Christmas morning, it's only a week away today. And on Christmas morning, there's going to be gifts that we're going to give to one another, to family, to friends. And uh, who knows that what you get for, for Christmas is important, especially when you're a kid. What you get is important, but who knows that why you get it is actually way more important than the what. Isn't that right? What you get's great, but it's why you get a present that's really the most important thing. That's what I want to talk about a little bit right now, because we looked at that first name, Jesus. Jesus and his function and the purpose for what he came. It's the what behind the gospel. And that's so important for us to know that God has made a way for every person, everyone in this room, everyone who's ever been born and ever will be born to be saved from sin, to become a child of God, to be born again. But who knows that just like the Christmas present you're going to get next Sunday, even as great as that is, it's the why behind the present that's actually the most important thing. That's what I want to look at right now. So that first name, Jesus, the what in the Christmas story. That second name, though, Emmanuel, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So that is a Hebrew name. And the name Emmanuel literally means God with us. God with us. You know, God is the author and the originator of the Christmas story. The reality is, is that because Christmas is a part of our culture, it's, uh, it's, it's very, uh, what's the word for it? It's very uh, advertised, marketed these days. We're all familiar with the baby in the manger, the star, the Christmas tree. And, you know, there's an old saying that familiarity breeds contempt. 
when we're so familiar with the what of the Christmas story, it can like go over our heads and we think, well, this is just, this is a story. This is a fairy tale. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, the whole Jesus thing and the star and the angels. But we're missing the whole point of the story. And the truth is, is that we'll never understand the power of the what until we understand the power of the why. You see, because when God created mankind back in the beginning, right back at the start of time, when He created Adam and Eve, the reason why He created us was because He wanted a family. We catch that in, the, in a glimpse and, and the reason why he, he creates Eve. He says, it's not good that men should be alone. I'm going to make a helper who is like him that he can be one with. So if we understand that right at the beginning of time, God's purpose and desire, the reason why, not just the what, the reason why he created man was for family. It was for relationship. It's going to help us to understand the why behind the Christmas story. I believe that God's heart and intent from the beginning of time, from the moment that Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the tree and they were sent out from the garden, I believe that the heartbeat of the Father, Father God, from that moment forward was to be with us, to be with us, but sin and our own self-will, our own pride, whatever it might be, all of those things had separated us from the life of God. But in God's heart, His desire for mankind was to be with us. And that's the beauty and the why behind the reason why He sent Jesus Christ into the world. God the Father sent God the Son because He wanted to be with us. He was wanting relationship. He was wanting reconciliation. Even in those two things the angels said, the first thing was, is you're going to find this baby in a manger. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. But then the second thing the angels said when the whole multitude came, they said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill toward man. Do you know that God's will toward mankind is for peace, it's only for good. It's only for blessing. God's not up in the sky angry with a big stick waiting to beat you up or beat people up. God loves you. God loves me. God loves every single one of us. That's why he sent Jesus. That's the why behind the Christmas story. In fact, we can see that super clear in John chapter 3 in verse 16 and 17. John three sixteen is probably the most uh, quoted the most referenced scripture in all the Bible because it really encapsulates that Christmas story and the purpose behind it so well. And I want to read it to you today. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says this. It says, For God so loved... Do you see that there? It says, For God so loved the world that He gave... It doesn't say God was sitting in heaven, miffed off with people and just had a chip on his shoulder. And It says God so loved. He didn't just give a cheap present from silly solis. What did he give, guys? What does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
Now that's something that's really deep and complex that I'm not going to go into great detail today, but to explain it really simply, it's this, is that for me, if I had to, I would give up my life for someone. If I was in that place, I could make that decision to lay down my life for someone. But I could never give the life of my sons for someone else. If we think about that as, as human beings, maybe you're a parent, maybe you're not a parent, it can be easy to sacrifice ourselves, but to give up a child, to give up a son or a daughter for people that don't even like you, let alone love you. That is a whole nother level of love. And that's the kind of love that God the Father has for every one of us. The Bible, in fact, says that while we were still sinners, while we were enemies of God, we were like, we don't need God. We don't believe in God. He gave His only Son. He didn't just give a Son for the sake of it, but the Bible teaches us that He gave His Son so that those who believe in Him, actually, let's just read on. John 3 sums it up. says that, God, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever, that's any, anyone, any of us, anyone in the world, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, this is really important, this next verse, verse 17, that people are familiar with 16, but 17 is so important because it helps us understand God's heart for people. It says this, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. God is not here to condemn you. God is not here to beat you up. God is not here to point out your weaknesses or where you've messed up or how you've failed. God's not here to do any of those things. God is madly and deeply in love with you. God's not here with a big stick. He's here with a big hug. And that's the craziest picture because here we have Jesus on the cross And the picture of the cross is Jesus with his arms open wide. Not closed arms, not crossed arms. His arms are open wide to you and me, even today. The love of God is for you. The arms of God are open wide towards you. He didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. All the Father wanted all along was to be with us. It's the very reason He created us and the very reason why He sent His Son, because of His love for us. You know, the reality is, is that a good father would do anything, a good parent would do anything for their children. If maybe you've had sons or daughters or even nieces, nephews, people in your life that you love and that you look after and maybe you're a guardian for, you know that if you love them, you would do anything for them. You know, I remember a few years ago, we were in Texas in 2019, and uh, what started as a nice little family uh, trip down the river in some tubes in Texas uh, almost ended in our demise. On Elijah's birthday, we went down this river in Texas and we had tubes 
Some of you may maybe have heard this story, but all of our tubes were tied up by ropes and it was this peaceful little river ride and all of a sudden we started to get sucked down this chute and we couldn't see what was ahead of us because it just dropped off. And there were people in the riverbank shouting out, stop, go back, untie your tube. And, and it was too late. All of a sudden, the, the pressure of that water just sucked us down those tubes. I had jumped out to try and untie the tube so we all didn't get sucked down together. And Elise and the boys went down in front of me and then I went down without a tube, feet first, and they were like under the water. I'm going down feet first thinking, man, I'm going to kick them in the, in the head. This is going to be a disaster. And we went down that water and it pounded us down. We'd come up for, for a breath and you'd just go, take one gasp of a breath and then poof, right back under again. It was like being in a, in a washing machine. And we, you couldn't control it. It's kind of like life, hey, you just hold on tight and you can't control what's, what's going to happen. And it, I don't know how long passed, it felt like an eternity, but a few minutes later we came out, we actually went down another chute uh, and we came out, out of the water and I clambered up onto the rocks and I'm completely disorientated, was not expecting this to happen. A few minutes before we're like floating down li past lily pads or peaceful, next moment it's like life or death, come up out of the water and I'm looking around and I see Elise and Elijah and some friends of ours on the other side of the river. And I'm, I'm looking around and we're trying to figure out which way's up. And then Elise shouts out, where's Harry? And I'm looking around and there is no Harry. And I'm looking around and the tubes are gone. Our shoes, are like our flip-flops are gone down the river. And, and I'm, I'm all of a sudden, as a dad, get that absolute dreaded sinking feeling. Where's my boy? And we're shouting out, Harry, Harry. And we're looking and we're searching frantically for Harry. And we had gone down two chutes. And I looked up and uh, there were some people up on, the, on the, the level above us, up on the rocks. And they were shouting out like, Carrie or something like that. They're trying to understand my Australian English maybe. And they're like pointing up there and they're saying some name that sounds like Harry, but it's not Harry. And they seem confused. I'm all confused. And I'm like, where's my boy? Like he could be trapped under the water. He could be washed down the river. And so I just go into crazy dad mode. And I'm like, just dive back in. And I'm trying to climb over the rocks. I'm cutting my knee open, my leg open. I'm bleeding everywhere. I'm battered and bruised. I managed to climb back up. And I'm like, man, time is of the essence. He could be trapped under the water. I get back up to the top and here's Harry laying peacefully on the rocks at the, at the top. Um, and he's just like disorientated. He was under and apparently someone reached in and managed to grab a hold of him and pull him out of the water. And I got him and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's safe. He's alive. And then all of a sudden the pain sets in. <laughs> and I look down and I'm just like, my legs are just smashed. I'm like bleeding and I'm bruised. I just, I didn't even think. And this is the thing is that when you love someone, you'll pay any price to save them. You'll do whatever it takes, blood, sweat and tears, any sacrifice to save the ones that you love. The reality is, is that in the same way, the Father paid every price, literally Jesus Talk about blood, sweat, and tears. Jesus laid down his life. God put on a human body, stepped into our humanity and paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. 
Why? Because he loves us. Why? Because he loves us so much that he wants to be with us. He doesn't want to be separated from us anymore. But the reality is that even right now in this room, there's some of us in this room that are separated from the love of God. There are some of us in the room that don't know Jesus, that have never opened up our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that God's arms are stretched out towards you today. I believe that God, God's heart is towards you and all He wants is not to condemn you. He wants to save you. He wants to bring healing into your life. He wants to bring joy into your heart. He wants to redeem you. And most of all, He wants a relationship with you. Not a relationship where He can boss you around and make you feel bad. No, no, no. He loves you. He loves you. He adores you. He's the kind of dad that laid down His life for you. That's the kind of father. That's the kind of love that He has for you. But the reality is, it's like any relationship, it takes two. You might love someone, you might just, you know, want to marry someone and do all sorts of crazy things to be with that person. But if they don't want to marry you, if they don't want a relationship with you, it doesn't matter how much you love them, it doesn't matter what you do for them, because it takes two people to have a relationship. And this is, the, this is the reality, is that God has done everything to be with you. He's paid every price for you. And His arms are open wide. His love is extended towards you. But right now, the choice is yours. And this is the question that I want to ask you today, is will you open up your heart to the love of God today? Will you open up your heart to the saving power of Jesus Christ. Because this is why he sent Jesus. It wasn't so that we could have another public holiday or so we can sing songs and tell stories about Santa Claus and all these kinds of things. God sent Jesus because he loves you and he wants to save you and redeem you. So if we could do this right now, and if maybe if we could all just close our eyes, I know it's a kind of a bit of a cliche thing, but I think it's important for us to think about this kind of a love today. If we could just close our eyes right now and just think about this kind of love. Is there anyone in your life that you would do that for? Is there anyone that you love that much that you would literally give up your life to die on a cross, a brutal death for that person? Think about that person. Think about how much you love them. I want you to understand that God loves you even more, even more than you could love that family member, that friend, husband, wife, child, loved one, whoever that person is. And while every eye is closed right now, I want to ask this question. It takes two to have a relationship. And God has done everything He can on His behalf to start a relationship with you. And while everyone's eyes are closed and we're thinking about this kind of a love, I want to ask you today, if you want to open up your heart to the love of God, maybe it's for the first time, 
Maybe you once did many years ago, but you've closed your heart to God's love because of life, because of people, the bad things that people have done. I want to tell you, God has never done a bad thing towards you. Life sometimes suck. Decisions that we make suck and we bring pain into our own lives. Decisions other people make can be terrible and bring pain into our lives. But God has never done a bad thing towards you. He loves you. So right now I want to ask you, if you want to open up your heart to the love of God, would you just put your hand up right now? And I want to pray for you. Just going to take a just a minute or so and just give give people opportunity to respond today because I want to tell you something that if you open your heart up to the love of God he's going to bring joy he's going to bring peace he's going to bring wholeness and healing and restoration but it takes two to tango so just one more time if that's you would you just put your hand up just give me a little wave right now so I know because I would love to pray for you Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to pray right now. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for everyone in this room. Father, you know, you know everyone. You know their life story. You know what they've been through. You know the good times and the bad times. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you love them. Thank you, Father, that you passionately love every single person in this room. And right now, Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come upon every heart. Lord, those that responded, Lord, and maybe those that are considering it, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would pour out your love on every heart in this room. Father, that you would continue to show and reveal to every one of us how very much that you love us. Thank you, Jesus. You've been listening to a Zion Church podcast. For more information about Zion Church, go to zionchurch.info. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash zionchurchgc. And on Instagram, we're at zionchurchofficial. 